So welcome, Nomi, to the Hands-On Business Podcast, and welcome to all my listeners or viewers, depending on whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the podcast. Now, Nomi is the founder and director at Shoot Business, and uh, whilst the name indicates all the video and photography side of what you do, tell us in your own words, what and who are Shoot Business? Cool. Thank you very much, Hakeem. Uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, glad, glad you're well, uh, safe and happy in these times. Um, but yeah, an honour to uh, be invited over here. Uh, when you asked me, obviously, I, I, I bit your hand off uh, at the opportunity to make me famous. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do, but I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Well, anyway, no, it's a pleasure to be here and it's just nice to talk to someone on the same level. Uh, but yeah, thanks for that introduction. Uh, as Hakeem rightly mentioned, uh, my name is Nomi Farouk. I run a company uh, called Shoot Business. We class it as a full-service media agency. Uh, so we uh, tell stories um, and help brands grow with video, with media content. Uh, we work with various brands uh, worldwide. Uh, we work with local brands as well and national brands in the UK. Uh, but we have a brilliant creative team of you know, video people, photography, marketers, graphic designers, all these creative uh, people um, you know, that are experienced over the years. Uh, and we help brands grow with, you know, awesome media content, uh, essentially. And yeah, we've got projects going on in various areas, various creative projects. But Shoot Business is our engine, uh, and, and it's been running for a number of years now, uh, based in Manchester. Um, and, and yeah, we're doing some wonderful stuff creatively. Yeah, so from obviously from God's own country, Manchester, either from the wrong side of Manchester, <laughs> uh, the blue side. So uh, <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Um, and the topic for today is the key things to consider when outsourcing work to agencies. So yeah. you obviously are one, and we're hoping that you'll be able to give some advice. So the first question I have from you, or for you, should I say, is what's the main reason that people tend to come to you specifically uh, to outsource? Cool. Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, so, yeah, uh, wh why do people outsource? So um, especially in the creative industry, it's very hard uh, for companies to internally a, create an, a, a real creative environment uh, for a lot of companies and also to hire the right creative people. Um, so when people use us, they're not just using one person, they're using you know, anywhere between three and 10 creatives uh, that work on their projects. Uh, and, and these are people who have built up experience over the years. Um, typically, you know, if someone wants to use an agency, uh, they, use, you know, they, they, they want something else that's maybe not internal to the company. Um, that could be from a creative aspect, uh, it could be from experience. It could be um, to do with, you know, with a lot of companies, what I find is they want an outside view of the company, you know, a really progressive company. What happens is they create this enclosed environment and the creativity drops, the ideas drop. And, you know, it's like being in a bubble and, you know, you can't see yourself. So, you know, people really appreciate our consultancy side of things where we can go in and analyze from an external eye, you know, what direction they should take creatively on, on our projects. Okay, yeah. So, so one of the, one of the main reasons which you just pulled out there was having a diverse view. They want a, a different view from the group think that they're currently getting. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. So, if someone comes to you, what would be, or someone wants to outsource, what would be, what would be the first piece of advice you'd give to someone if they told you they were planning to outsource a piece of work? A lot of people jump to outsourcing a little too quickly, in my opinion. They think it's a solution that's going to make them loads of money because they've heard it. It's a buzzword, right? Let's outsource. We're growing. Let's outsource. From a client perspective, I think it's important for them to know exactly what they want. 
Uh, I've talked to many companies before and they're not quite sure what they want. We're trying to work it out with them a lot of the time. So, you know, be clear on what you want. You know, what are you doing? You know, what, you know, how does your marketing strategy align with the company that you're using? So for our, our example, for example, how does our awesome video production fit into your marketing strategy? You know, are you actually, have you got a plan for it? Um, you know, have you got a growth strategy for it? Or are you just producing a video for the sake of producing a video, which we don't advise? But uh, I think the first point is for the for the client or the group or the team that's outsourcing uh, to be clear on their objectives um, and then work out, you know, what needs outsourcing. Yeah, no, I think that's good advice on on in, in anything you do in business. If you're clear on your objective, the chances are you'll get it right more than you get it wrong. That isn't often what people do. Often people, as you said, just outsource because either it's a buzzword or they think, oh, well, we can't do it or we don't think we can do it. So give it to someone else without really knowing what it is that they're trying to do. So on that basis, what what's the biggest pitfall uh, you'd say people can fall into when they are outsourcing? There could be a few things there because I've been in the agency life for a number of years now and we, we, we have a lot of clients who come to us who have been had a bad experience with previous agencies. Uh, so I've picked up a lot of knowledge uh, in terms of what's going wrong there. Like some clients we work with have been through like five agencies before and they've still not got to where they want to get to and they've spent tens of thousands of pounds, you know, whether it be on SEO, whether it be on video production, whether it be on social media management. The, you know, the agency industry, I describe it sometimes as a cowboy agency, right? A cowboy industry, sorry, right now, because there's no standardization. Uh, anybody can come in and sell you the world, take thousands of pounds off you and then not deliver. And, you know, you jump off to the next agency. So I think, you know, some of the pitfalls that people make is um, don't just jump at the first agency that pops up. Um, you know, every, 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 you know, salesman, sales agency, sorry, a salesperson in an agency is going to sell you the world and they're going to look fantastic. Um, but number one, you know, you know, tender it out, you know, pick, you know, pick at least three agencies, which you think might be a suitable fit and get them to pitch, get them to uh, really talk to you and really spend time with them. You know, if you're not satisfied after the first call uh, or the first meeting, have another meeting with them. Um, don't be afraid to, you know, get to that point of satisfaction. And, you know, if they're not for you, they're not for you. Um, it's like interviewing a candidate, right? Uh, you don't, you don't just pick the first person that walks through the door. You know, you, you go through about maybe 10, 20, 30 people before you start to feel like making a decision. So I think it's the same with agencies. Uh, it's one of the pitfalls. You know, you might use an agency too quickly, um, in my opinion. Um, another thing you could do is um, don't sign long contracts. Um, <laughs> clients I've spoke to in the past, they're stuck in 12-month contracts and they're not happy after two months. Um, so, you know, try to get shorter contracts, try to get a trial period, uh, what we do with a lot of clients is we, do, we don't tie them into contracts. We say, try us out for a month or two. Uh, let's see how you feel after a couple of months. You know, you get a feel for what we do. I don't just want to sell it. I want to, you know, we want to show you guys. So, you know, that's another thing you could potentially do is just um, look for that trial period. Um, you know, because what whatever this agency does, you know, could have a, neg- you know, a negative or positive impact on your business. Um, so it's quite important, um, you know, to check those couple of things, I think, to start with. Yeah, no, thanks for that. And it's interesting because I think you probably need, as you referring to your previous answer, you need clarity, don't you? Because if, if you have clarity, then it's a lot easier to then choose an agency because you know actually what you're looking for. And then you know which one of those three uh, uh, suits your needs better than the other. So, OK, that, that's useful. And, and obviously, we're, we're still in a pandemic situation, obviously coming out in the not too distant future, one hopes. Uh, what have you seen with COVID? How has that impacted outsourcing and, and in your work specifically? 
Um, so in terms of our stories, it's hard. I mean, I, we work with a lot of businesses, so I know the stories and stuff. But with, with our perspective, you know, we're not the biggest agency, but we're like a small, nimble agency. We were able to adapt quite quickly. Um, what we found was it's, it's literally been a year. We're in March now. It's literally been a year. We, we've been in pretty much a lockdown. Um, it was a bit of a shock because uh, we did a lot of events, for example, mm. and you had these industries that we were in uh, that were being heavily affected. So giving events as an example, when they announced the three-week lockdown, we were literally looking to attend an event uh, the week after uh, in Manchester, and we were going to exhibit there. We were going to do everything there, and all of a sudden everything stopped. Um, and we, we were like, we were in a position where we, we were looking to grow uh, from March last year uh, in various areas. And I think like anybody else, everybody just stopped for a little while in shock. And, you know, nobody was moving. We worked with a lot of marketing managers uh, to help them with their objectives. We worked with a lot of business owners. Um, budgets were getting cut. Uh, obviously, we, we, you know, we were a team of creatives. And I think my, when I thought about it, what I, what I did was I just thought, right, okay, what is it I need to do? I need to keep people working and I need to keep people earning. Um, you know, that's what my team wanted and that's what they were requesting. They, they didn't want a break. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to sit at home on furlough, uh, you know, watching Netflix and drinking wine maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, they wanted to be active because especially for creatives, you know, like we, you know, you can't keep us in one place at one time. But, you know, so then we just adapted. We just adapted. We thought, right, okay, everybody's going to be on social media. Everybody's going to need content. Uh, the content consumption has risen. We're the best in video production. We're the best in doing social media content. Let's just be patient and let's just help people in this time as far as street business goes. So I just started speaking to a lot of marketing people and a lot of marketing managers and saying, look, do you need help with video? Do you need help with setting up video? Do you need help with, you know, filming yourself? I was advising on, this was all for free. I was just advising on, you know, how people can get into video because people start picking up their phone and like filming themselves and stuff uh, during this period. So I was just advising on that. And then another project that we set off, uh, which you'll be aware of, is something called Vibe. Um, so Vibe is, how can I describe it? Uh, Vibe is a social media publisher. So we have various channels and niches in there now. Uh, so one of them is Vibe Manchester. Uh, it currently has around 60,000 followers on Facebook, around a million engagements a month. Um, I turned everybody's attention for the first couple of months towards Vibe. And I said, go out there and create some nice, inspirational, positive, creative content uh, for the audiences on social media. Um, and it was an outlet for us. It, it became an outlet for the first couple of months of lockdown. We started you know, grabbing some interesting stories um, in the community. We've been interviewing various people uh, in, in different areas and we were just getting content out there and we were, we were finding in this negative world, this positive content was, was really appreciated by people online. Um, so that, that was our aim. Our aim is to produce positive, inspirational content on social media which, you know, has value in people's lives. So we have like something called Vibe Manchester. You can find it on Facebook. If you just search Vibe Manchester, you'll find it. Um, and then we've got other niches like Vibe Business, Vibe Sports, Vibe Health. And these are all, again, we're just looking to do content in different areas. But at the moment, we've got the model right with Vibe Manchester and we're just looking to expand this year on that side of things. And it plays, it's part and parcel with Shoe Business because it's the same, you know, it's pretty much the same creative team. Um, it gives people a creative outlet because sometimes in shoot business you can be tied down with creative briefs um, yeah. <laughs> quite restricted um, you know sometimes a, you know the corporate client will tell you be as creative as you want and then 
but keep it in this box. <laughs> but um, and that, that, that doesn't quite work. So with Vibe, it's a good outlet. And, you know, we, we have meetings every week. And I say to the guys, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want to, you know, capture, um, go for it. Um, you know, there's no restriction. People go out and do various things. We've had loads of sort of live uh, videos going up. Last week, we interviewed the CEO of Mind Manchester, and we were talking about mental health over Zoom. So it's all like just doing content, which is inspirational and positive. Um, so in the first three months, we that's that, that was our adaptation, if you like, and, and, and it's doing quite well. We're getting a lot of attention on Wide Manchester right now, uh, and it is growing quite fast. Um, so it, I think it was a good move on my part um, to do that because all the advice I was getting was from everybody around me. You can call it negative or not, but everybody was saying just pause. Mm. Think about it. Don't do anything. And that to me just didn't resonate. And I was like, you know, I've, you know, this is, uh, you know, I've learned this maybe quite young in my entrepreneurial career is, um, you know, observe the masses and do the opposite. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, that's obviously a famous quote from Napoleon Hill. So it's, you know, that's what we did. Like we literally saw everybody freeze and said, right, no, we're going to go full on with Vibe. We're going to open another 10 channels. Everybody's working every day, getting creative content out every week. And we were busy like for two months. And then what happened after two, three months, I found that people, start to get used to the lockdown life. Mm. Marketing managers and owners thought, right, okay, we need to get our businesses back up. We need to, you know, start investing again. There was a real need um, and drive for social content. Like, you know, before there were, there, there was probably some part of the marketing world that thought digital isn't as important still today. And I think this lockdown was a real kick up, you know, that to, you know, for them to say, uh, you know, actually digital is, is, is the future. Um, and it, it just meant I was speaking to people who, who didn't consider digital marketing or video marketing before. I'm starting to get into them conversations after about three, four months and they're saying, yeah, we need video, you know, we need social content. And, you know, we just took at it and we were persistent. And I think after six months, we, we, we you know, we were picking up work. And, and as an agency right now, I'd say we're relatively busy. And do you think that that's consistent across the outsourcing world? Because uh, I... I've seen a lot of marketing people um, on the market, so to speak. So it's, it appears to me that lots of companies, the first people they cut when the recession, we can call it a recession because it is, um, and yeah. COVID-19 hit and the lockdown, they just start laying off marketing people. So does that yeah. open up opportunities for outsourcing organisations? It did, it did. So uh, there's two sides to this. As a business as, uh, and as an agency, I think what happened to really big agencies that have got like 100 people or plus in their agency took a big hit. Mm. If their marketing budgets get cut uh, and, and they lose clients, they've got 100 staff to look after. And uh, I, I know a lot of stories where people in agencies have just either been furloughed or laid off, unfortunately. And I think what we found was we were in the slipstream where we weren't too small, like a single freelancer who was also struggling on one side. Um, you know, we, we were small and nimble and we were in a bit of a slipstream where we, we just adapted to people's needs in the middle. Uh, and the big agencies that were getting cut, um, we seemed to be picking up some of that. Um, and, and there's a need for actually to work with like a smaller agency um, rather than the agency of the year or someone who, who's flexing, you know, 100, 150 people in their agency. Um, it depends on the type of work as well, I suppose, because um, there's different types of agencies, right? You know, from SEO to website to design to branding. Um, so I think 
that that you know no doubt you know you know some of the outsourcing world will have suffered um and i think that decision comes down to value mm. so you know how valuable is your outsourcing solution at that point um so for example um you know something like sales and lead generation you know if you're using an agency for that you probably don't want to stop it in this period mm. um because you need them leads to to you know survive um whereas if you're doing something else uh which is as important doesn't directly affect that bottom line they 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 might be in the first ones to go um and like i said for us like we a lot of our stuff is we built up really good relationships over the years uh with our clients and they trust us and we're very personable with them um and i think what we found is we just supported them even more in this period um and and and, and they appreciate that so um i think yeah i think it's 50-50 like i, I know people it's really weird because i know people who have done even better in this period than they have in previous periods and at the same time i've seen companies go under um so it, it's 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 a real difficult one i think there's a lot of factors involved it's not just about the client it's about how agencies are actually set up physically yeah no that that's probably very very true i think the way the way they set up and i think you you mentioned it earlier which i think is a key point the value because if you're seen as a, val- a valuable resource and you're giving value and specifically in this uh time and age where digital becomes even more significant and yeah. I'm not going to say nobody's got good digital people in, in their in their organizations but I've worked in lots of organizations and the digital uh side of their business is always it seems to be run by people who 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 are, who are young because yeah. everyone in the business thinks oh they're young so they can use Facebook and then you can use LinkedIn they can use these tools well yeah they might be able to use them personally but that doesn't mean that they necessarily know how to turn that into a lead generation that's right or that they understand it from a business point of view so in terms of just taking it aside coronavirus and uh, and the situation at the moment in a normal situation would you always suggest someone considers outsourcing as an option or are the times where you think actually you should just look internally not necessarily um so it depends it's all like we we you know we do with clients on a client basis um cuz it, it depends again it depends on the type of agency so if we're you know we're a video marketing agency essentially and you need to weigh up like in our video productions there's about 5 to 10 people involved you know behind the scenes right as as you already know and you know there's a minimum of 3 people involved on any on any any of our video productions a lot of the time and um so it's not just a case of hiring one videographer and expecting a result that we produce um so it it depends on the companies i think um if someone is going to set up a, a video department for example they need to consider more than just hiring one person um and it, that i think that is something people need to you know companies will need to invest in heavily you know if you take the big corporates they will have a video department and a media department um you know they don't need to outsource the social media they've got 10 people doing the social media um you know in house um you know some companies create their own studios um you know within within the company it depends on the business if you're an educational company for example uh, that produces educational content every single week digitally you know it's in your benefit to probably have a studio or uh you know a three or five man team that does that all the time you know it's the core of your business um at the same time um you know I work with big corporates I work with you know people at like NHS and big pharma pharma companies and you know big corporates and stuff um 
and you, they, they get to a level where they're not as agile, so they can't really do some of these things, and then they come back and, and, and come again. So I think it's both. I think it depends on the company. I think, I mean, I've been, I've been looking at um, potentially consulting with companies on how they can build a video department within the companies. Um, you know, and that, that for us is, is, a, is another service in terms of our consultancy side. But I think there's more to it than just hiring a few people. Um, you know, it needs a full structure with something like what we do. It needs a full structure and everything else. You know, if you if you've got if you've got an SEO agency, for example, you may hire you know a, a couple of SEO um, people who are experienced, and that might be sufficient for your needs. And that's it. Um, you know that that could work, but I think it it all depends on the company, Hakeem. Okay, no problem. And just just following on from that question, so has, has anyone ever come to you where you've said, actually, I don't think you need me? Um, and if so, what what, what was the circumstance? Uh, in terms of uh, me saying to a client, um, yeah, someone coming to you and sort of like asking for your services, and once you've reviewed yeah. it, you're thinking actually, don't really think you need shoot business. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, I, uh, I I'm of the view that um, you know a lot of most businesses need video nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, just the way the world is, the way everything is right now. Like, how can you not have a video? It's like back in the day when companies didn't have a website. Um, and, and, you know, everybody's saying you have to have a website. Like, if you're a business, you have to have a website. And I think it's it's like that with, uh, you know, having social media pages and having video content right now. If you've not got a video, it's like, you know, you're trying to grow. Do you want people to know about your company? So I am of that view. I think the only people that I recommend not take video is it might be a startup. Mm. Um, and it's too early and they, they, they want to jump to video and they've not got a decent website. They've got, not got anything happening on the conversion or digital strategy. They're just going to end up paying for something and then going backwards. So yeah. what, a lot of the time what I say to them people is, look, you've not got a website. Um, you're, you're a startup. I understand you want people to know. If, 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 if all you want to do is get video out there, like nowadays, like I'm not afraid to say, you know, you can pick up your phone nowadays. The way phones are nowadays, recording them 4K, um just 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 blog yourself like blog yourself sorry so um you know vlogs are still quite powerful they don't need to be touched up uh you've done it i've done it um i know a lot of people have done it pick up your phone if you want to be fancy put it on one of the selfie sticks and um you know film yourself and tell tell people who you are and your, about your company you know you're just a startup don't worry about the rough edges of the video um just go for it and i will usually advise them that's how you, if you want to get into video quickly just do that and post it don't be afraid of how you look or what's what's what. But like, if they're not got a website and they're not like it's too early, like I usually say to them, look, come back to me in six months or twelve months once you're once you're more ready. Oh, man with integrity in a, in, in the outsourcing world, right? Very nice to hear that, Nomi. So, so interestingly enough, one of the main reasons I hear when people are wanting to outsource or they don't want to outsource, it's always around cost. You know, it's either people are thinking, oh, it's going to be a lot cheaper, so I'm going to do it. It'd be cheaper to do it outsource it than do it myself. Or the converse is also true, that they think, oh, it's going to be far too expensive. So what's your view on that? Uh, should that be driving the decision, the actual cost? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I could talk about a few things here. So from an agency perspective, if you're an agency out there, it's important to know your value. I've taken a lot of this advice from you as well, Hakeem, and you know, be confident on what your value is. Um, when I was first starting, I remember I was like a one-man team and I quoted for a project. Um, I won't mention who it is. Um, but I was quoted against three people 
And uh, the end result was we loved what you do and you're probably the be- you know, best person to provide it, but you're too cheap. <laughs> so I was like, really? So yeah, because they went, they went for a guy who like quoted like triple. And it was an early lesson for me that, you know, be confident of your value. Like other people will see it. If, if they see it, they see it and they'll go for it. Um, and there's an old saying as well on the client side, you get what you pay for. You know, if something is too cheap in agency life, it's probably not going to benefit you like from experience. Like, like I said, I work with a lot of companies. I've been through about five or 10 agencies before yeah. they've come to us. And I know all these things that happen. And they've, a lot of the time they've snapped because it's cheap. I said, oh, I'll go for it. It's cheap. Three months later, it's just costing them more in everything else, you know, because the performance isn't there. And that's what will happen. Like, you know, people will try to tie in. So don't, don't, don't worry about cost. First decide who's the most valuable to you. Who is the right person, right fit, the right team the right skills um, and who, who, who's aligned with our vision, um, you know, because, you know, you're going to be spending months with these people. So, you know, you, you need to, like, you can't, you're going to learn over the, over time, but, you know, that's the first thing you should look at. Just forget about the cost. Now, if cost, obviously everybody's got a budget, you know, whether you're a startup or whether you're a big corporate, everybody's got a budget. Now, if they are outside your budget, um, don't be afraid to say that, that's, that's, you know, we really like you guys. Uh, we want to work with you. We want to grow with you, give them some benefits and say, look, um, you know, this is our budget. Unfortunately, is there something you can do? Is there something we can change here uh, in the quote? Um, and that will be more beneficial for you, in my opinion, if you take that approach. I'm, 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 I'm giving people, I'm giving clients a way to negotiate with me. <laughs> you are, but the fact of the matter is, if, if, if they understand the value and you can demonstrate the value, then people generally will pay. Uh, and, and it is an interesting point that most people, if something is too cheap, they think, oh, well, it can't be that good then. And when something's five times the price, they automatically think it must be quality. Uh, yeah. So I think your, your uh, advice that you gave earlier about, well, actually understand what it is that you're trying to achieve, understand what it is that those uh, agencies can offer is yeah. critical uh, in, in this particular situation. So, so in terms of, you know, working with an agency, mm-hmm. what's the best way to work with an agency? Uh, as I always find out that you end up paying much more than you bargain for uh, because you get a quote yeah. and then your industry is a perfect case in point. So you get a quote and you think, this is fantastic. I've got the budget signed off and then you start getting amends and little add-ons and all, you know, all you need to pay for that and we didn't quote for this. So how, what's the best way to avoid that so that you know you're going to get what you've, what you've actually um, been quoted for? Cool. Um, it's an important point, actually. And people take advice, especially in the video industry, people, the costs spiral out of control. And video production has changed a lot over the last 10 years. You know, it's, we don't need to spend Hollywood uh, budgets on video production anymore. The, you know, technology's moved on. There's more creative people in the world. There's different techniques. So the cost of production actually has come down um, quite significantly. So I think um, in terms of additional costs, I mean, we work with businesses in two ways. So we do one-off productions. Um, you know, we will quote a one-off production and be part of a video marketing campaign. We, we give it off and we work on a retainer basis as well, where every month we're loading companies with powerful video content consistency every month at a flat rate. And that is very important to have that discussion with the agency and say, you know, whether it's a one-off, you know, or, not, or, or a regular thing, is to say, is this a capped cost? 
because we make it quite clear this is a capped cost. Okay. Um, and and you know there'll be no additional things. Like we, like this is just a feature of our video productions. We offer unlimited edits, mm. which nine seven times work to our advantage. Um, you know, no one comes back with hundred hundred revisions, but it's to give people it's to give clients more uh, more comfortable feeling that you know there's going to be no additional cost here because one of the major things in video production is they start charging you by the hour after the second round of revisions uh, and they might be charging you 150 250 pound an hour for edits after that um, so we say look you can keep coming back to us until the sign off we don't care how many revisions you have keep coming back to us making changes when you're happy we're happy so you know little things like that so working out where actually the cost is you know if someone quotes you for video production and mentions locations they need to clarify that is the location included in the budget are we supposed to hire the you know like there's so many costs in video productions little things that add up props actors models all this stuff you know you need to be clear on all these features so i mean a simple question would be is that all included yeah you know um and if they say no you're gonna have to pay for models you're gonna have to pay for this you're gonna have to pay for this but that's a bit of a bad sign if they start listing stuff off like that um, you know, it's a bit like what they're going for then. So if if there's the only time I do that, if there's unsurety at the time of the quote, so the client might turn around and say, oh, we don't know whether we want five models or 10 models at the moment. Uh, we're just working it out and I'm still quoting. I will just say, look, I'm going to quote you for five and that is done. And if there's additional, you know, you find out, then that is it. Like that's the price. So if, the, if there's that, it all comes back down to clarity from the client. Yeah. You know, if they've got clarity, They'll, they'll, they'll then have clarity on the cost. So ask the right questions on the cost when it comes. Um, but that's how, how we do it in the video industry. Yeah, and I, th I think that's good advice, actually, because I, I find that for myself, when I, whenever I'm at hiring an agency, that's the key thing that I do is, is I'm quite meticulous in going through the contract, but then asking loads of different scenarios. All right, so if we do this, how much is that going to cost? And if we do that, and then you, you soon get to the bottom of, oh, actually, I thought you said it was a cap cost, but... Yeah. You've just said if I do this, yeah. then you're going to charge me a bit extra for X, Y, and Z. So I think, yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's about that clarity of knowing exactly what it is that you want to do and what you want to achieve. And mm -hmm. then boxing down those costs, because I do see it a lot, or I have seen it a lot, should I say, where people hire an agency um, and then say, oh, I thought it was only going to be five grand, and I've already spent 15 grand. You yeah. Know, I, mm, yeah, I'm not sure whether that's the agency or the person who's commissioned the agency yeah. who's at fault there. So yeah, I, mean, I agree. I agree. That's interesting. And so the, 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 another question that that, that, that often comes up when you're talking about outsourcing is obviously if you've got an in-house business, then the people who are running it understand the business, they understand the products, they understand um, the way that things should be posted for that particular organization. So how, how do you make sure that, that you get an agency up to scratch quickly so that they get the pulse of the business so that when they're doing a video or social media or a website, it looks like it's internal. So it looks like an extension of the department rather than, oh, well, this is just an, an agency that they've spent loads of money on. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a few things you can do there. I think when you first commission an agency, there's a period there of training and get to, getting to know the people. And I think it's very important. Obviously, at the moment, we're in COVID. It's hard to meet, but we've got Zoom like we are doing now. And it's important to have constant touch points and say, look, you know, let's have a meeting every week if needed. You know, I, I've been with companies that have hundreds of products, for example, and it might be an industry we're not aware of. Uh, 
um, and knowledge is important. And it's important, like some companies, what they've done is that we've had like training sessions with like product managers and they go through the product. This is what it is. This is our audience. This is, and it's, it's really beneficial to us as an agency to go through all that and be aligned with, with, with all that, in my opinion. So, um, you know, that's one thing. And I think it, like any, any business, like not, not just agency, like communication, communication is just the key, like between people, between agencies. Um, you know, we use software. Obviously, we use Zoom a lot now. We use Trello. We use project management tools. Um, and when we make sure our clients are on the same page and vice versa. And that's what it's all about. Um, but I think in terms of your question, are you saying how, how to make an agency maybe look internal from the outside, you mean? Yeah, well, well I suppose, it, yes. So not necessarily look internal, but just as you mentioned there, picking up the pulse of the business so that actually it's not, we've been working as an, as an organisation like this for the past five years and the agency comes in, doesn't really understand the business and therefore they, they produce a video or they produce a piece of work, which is good quality, but yeah. it's, it's very obvious to the outside world, this, yeah. is not, this is not the company. This is like something that's been completely outsourced and it, you lose but, that congruence. 100%, yeah. Back to communication. So uh, with what we do, again, just using as an example, um, a marketing department commissions us to produce a video that's going to be part of a three-month campaign uh, later in the year. Shows the marketing marketing strategy. Shows the market the whole marketing like from top to bottom. Uh, what what is going on, and then shows where we fit in as well. Yeah. So we've got the bigger picture uh, then, and 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 I find that's useful most of the time. You know, there's basic stuff and technical stuff like sharing brand guidelines. You know how, how your brand looks. Showing them videos you do like showing them what to do, showing them what not to do when it comes to certain things. And we do that with brand guidelines. But I think when you understand and put your shoe, put, put, put yourself in the shoes of the marketing manager and what they're trying to achieve, then I think the agency that you use will be on the same page as you. Yeah, no, and, and, and that answers probably a few of the other questions that people are always asking me. You know, well, how, how do you ensure that you don't get misalignment, which you've already answered in terms of communication? I think a lot of it does come down to communication and clarity from both sides. And I yeah. think the, the, what, that point you just made there about making sure that people, i.e. outside people, agencies, et cetera, see the bigger picture is, is vital. Um, because I think that when... I've been into a lot of businesses where I've had to then sort out an agency because the people internally said, oh, this agency is terrible. Oh, I can't believe it. They've not done this. They've not yeah. done X. They've not done Y. And when you actually sit down and, and speak to them, you think, right, well, they don't really know the purpose of why they've been brought in. You know, and the people who are briefing them, in fact, don't yeah. really understand the strategy. And therefore, if you, don't, if you personally don't understand the strategy, you, you find it very difficult to brief somebody. So yeah. some, the agency goes off in one direction, yeah. uh, where, and everyone in the business is expecting something different. Yeah. And then that starts leading to problems. And also, again, it comes down to communication, because I think you should, you should always set those communication guidelines at the beginning. You know, if you can have a monthly meeting or a weekly meeting or whatever it is, then people tend to not have a misalignment of objectives because you're constantly speaking. So I, th- I think the communication is, is the thing that stands out for me uh, yeah. in, that, in that conversation because I, I think that eliminates or would eliminate 90% of the problems that I've seen between organisations uh, and outsourced agencies. And just as you would if you were 
onboarding a new person. I think you mentioned it. Well, you didn't mention it. You know, you train the person, you'd let them know where they fit within the organizational structure, whether they're internal or external. Yeah. Um, and, you'd, and you'd also make sure they understand what's the strategy, where, where are we try to get to. So I, I think they're all really good, important things. Because, you know, one of the questions I was going to talk about is, you know, how do you get a harmonious relationship? And I think, again, it comes yeah. down to, to that communication piece. I agree. So, I agree. So, 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 so that, that's that's very useful. So, if if you were to give three pieces of advice around, I'm I'm about to outsource, and I come to you and say, right, I'm about to outsource. It's not in your not into your in your sphere, so you can't say you choose shoot business. It's something completely different. I'm saying I'm about to outsource. Yeah, you know, and I'm a bit concerned about using agencies. What advice would you give? Three three key points, if you can. Three key points. So, uh, first point is, I mean, we've touched on these already in, in this conversation. Clarity. Get, get yourself first into clarity yourself on your requirements, exactly what you want. Even put down exactly, put down what you don't want, if, if that's what you know at that time. Like, like, be as clear as possible. And if you're in a team, so like you can have a single marketing manager in a company, but you might have a marketing team. Make sure everybody's on the same page and clarified. So not everybody has got their own clarity. You're all on the same page, basically, because I've been I work with companies in the past. There'll be about three, four people in the marketing team. Uh, person A will say we want it like this. Person B will say we want it like this, and person C will say completely different. And then we're we're in the middle saying, okay, what what is it we're going to do here? So it does it, not it, it doesn't help with the relationship. So clarity, like we've touched on, is very important. Um, value, uh, determine value. Uh, what is the value of your outsourcing? Um, what objectives will it hit? Uh, for you as a business or the marketing department or a business owner, depending on who you are. Um, so, yeah, um, um, determine value. And so, third, just on that, so when you're saying value, are you talking about cash value or the other, other things? It depends on what the objective is. Uh, is the obje- if the ob- objective is uh, these vi- videos are meant to increase revenue, uh, or, or the, uh, sorry, uh, we've not mentioned videos, but this agency, whatever you're doing, is meant to increase the revenue or the profit of the company. Is it meant to hit a certain op- marketing objective? Um, you know, is it educational thing? Like different things have different objectives, right? And so it, it's just about like working out what that is and how how that will or will not help that objective. So that's number two. Uh, number three, I would say work with people you like. <laughs> that, that helps. Now, that might sound like you're just shunning skills to one side but i'm not saying that i'm saying you know generally with agencies you have a long you want a long-term relationship you know whether it's three months six months 12 months like we were with companies for like five years uh they've got to like you and you've got to like them even and you know like no matter how talented we are if it wasn't for our relationships and our personability like we wouldn't be able to hold the relationships so i think like, obviously, you want to work, you know, skills are important. You expect everybody that tenders will have the skills. Yeah. Right? That's a given. You know, you're not going to tender for somebody who doesn't know how to use a video camera or uh, knows how to do SEO. You know, that, that should be a basic <laughs> requirement. You know, work with people you want to work with. You know, are they on your level? Do they believe in your values? I'm not talking about even personal values. I'm talking about company values. Are they, are they aligned with you? You know, because... Things can improve 
Like, don't expect an agency or person to come along and never make a mistake. Mm. They're all going to make mistakes. Let me tell you that straight off. There's no agency out there, you know, that's not going to make a mistake. But what you judge them on is what they do afterwards. You know, are they going to improve? Because it's like employing a person, like, you know, they make a mistake, you train them, and, you know, six months later, they become an asset, right? Uh, You know, if you you treat them right. So it's the same with agencies. Like, at that point, unfortunately, like, I've, I've had you know some of the stories are are, are awful you know with 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 some of the people and especially in the video industry there's been video agencies where with our previous clients and their own professional you know they don't look good in front of their own clients they don't communicate properly they can't take criticism and if you if if that's their personality and they're not personable then you know how are you going to work with this person you know the idea of the agency is to decrease your stress not increase your stress so that would be my third point look for some good people no, thank you very much. I think that, that that's good advice. That when I get the feedback, what people like about my podcast is that I always try and narrow people down to a, a few pieces of nuggets. Because yeah. I, I hope everyone watches every single uh, uh, <laughs> minute of the video, but sometimes they don't. So they're always looking for, well, g- give me a few nuggets so that if I don't watch the whole thing or I get called away, then that, then at least I've got some uh, key takeaways. So so moving on, and and, and hopefully this is, a question that I know I've been asked by lots of people. So you've got lots of agencies, lots of outsourcing agencies, you've got full marketing agencies, and then you've got some people who specialize in sectors. So you've got generic agencies who just say, yeah, we do everything. And then you've got that maybe are pharmaceutical agencies, or they work, as you said, in the educational uh, sector. So would you say, if I'm looking for an agency, would you say, right, well, just look at because I'm in healthcare, would I, would you say just go and look for healthcare agencies, or would you say, well, actually, no, a generic agency might be better? Um, it's a double-edged sword, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, obviously, we picked up work with clients in an industries we've never been in. Uh, so they've seen value in us somewhere else. Um, so I'm just giving examples here. In certain industries, we've gone to clients. And I've kind of tried to probe a little bit as to why they've not gone for an expert agency in that area and decided to use us. And what I've found is the whole point of the creative industry, they're trying to be different. Mm. So, you know, they don't get that if they're in that bubble of agencies that only work with that industry. Um, So if, you know, they themselves have that clarity and what they want and they want, you know, everything else, it doesn't matter, you know, where the agency is from, from or the background uh, because you're going to use them for a certain output, uh, which is going to be different to everybody else. Um, and that's the whole point of it. What, I, what what concerns in some industries where the agency is specific to that industry and say that uh, agency has, you know, 100 clients who are your competitors, that could be a concern to a competitor. And I've, I've had this question raised before, and people have not used certain agencies for that reason. Um, now, obviously, the, what's the, what the integrity is of that agency, uh, you know, I don't know, but they don't feel comfortable that this guy, you know, these people are running, um, you know, 20 social media channels, which are all your competitors in the exact same industry, because are, are you absolutely sure that you are bespoke to them then? It's an interesting point because, you know, lots of agencies say, oh, yeah, especially the bigger ones. Oh, we've got firewalls and they'll tell you all the things they do to prevent it. But you think, right, okay, but you work in the same company, you probably still go for lunch together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very difficult to go for lunch together and you never talk about work or what you're doing or what you're working on. And, yeah. and 
it's interesting what you were saying about you said it right at the beginning about diverse opinion and, and actually getting someone to have a, a different view from you and yeah. possibly if you're getting an agency which is a key you know specialist in healthcare or a specialist in education as you just said you're probably going to get the same sort of ideas yeah. everyone else is getting as opposed to someone coming in and looking at your, your business a bit differently so so i think you're right it, it depends on the situation I mean, I, I mean it works both ways akeem so um like it's nice to have that experience yeah um so you know if you're a pharmaceutical company and you work in i don't know oncology for example um it'd be nice that the people have some experience of oncology or working with doctors um you know and and certain things um and you can check these with the people and it's nice to have a little bit of experience yeah um but you know it all depends on the client so if that department and person decides i'm going to skill this agency up so they're at the level they where they tick them boxes within a month yeah you know this this is how this is how you work with you know um people in oncology this is how you work with doctors this is how, you know that kind of thing and you know you could bring them up to speed and within 3 months they could be quite a valuable agency to you um so that's it works both ways do look for experience i'm not saying don't don't look for experience like it's nice to to look for experience um but at the same time it's not the be all and end all like I, i wouldn't make it limit you know especially if you're something looking for something different and creative like leave leave your options open on both sides in my opinion yeah no that's that, that's good advice and 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 the follow up question is around the same sort of thing but more around the actual type of agency so you've got agencies who are full mix full marketing mix agency you've got agencies that specialize in certain things such as video yeah. uh, photography so yeah. if i if i'm going to get some video stuff or i'm going to get seo would you suggest that i should be going for a specific agency focuses on that or someone who does the full marketing mix we work in both ways so again it comes back down to that question of who it is so um there's some companies we work with we do the social media we do the digital marketing we do the google ads we do the web development we do the video the photo the social content anything digital just comes to us mm. and that has been built up through our experience yeah like we've not sold it as that but they see us as that trustworthy knowledge hub that will get these things done we do it for our own businesses we do it for our projects um one of the clients i know we weren't even into social media management and uh one of the clients who we did video for they've been through about four or five agencies and they're like no me you know everything about this like why are we not using you like please can you do it and take over and it, that's how it's come about so it, we've not sold ourselves as that but you need to nowadays you do need a multi-skilled agency in my opinion uh there was a time and I'm giving an example for video production agencies where you would hire a video agency that just does video really really well and yes they will probably produce a fantastic video but they have no clue about marketing they don't have no clue about marketing objectives audiences all these things that actually make a powerful video nowadays like you can't do it so i mean what we, what how we made ourselves different is we we do have the brilliant video production in our hands but we also have the marketing experience on how to you know how to sell and we we merge that somehow and it becomes really powerful for clients so i would say be wary of people who are too far from the field yeah. so you know if you've got an agency that does video and then you've got an agency that um does app development or you know something quite far from video that might be a bit of a concern but if someone does video and they do photography and they do a bit of graphics they're all linked and overlapped yeah. you probably want that mix um so it, 
yeah, look for a mix. But when 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 it's literally a jack of all trades across all the board, then that's a worrying sign. All right, okay. No, thank you. That's clear enough. So I've got now a few questions. What we're going to call a quick fire round. The strangest location you ever had for a shoot? No comment. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this for over 18s? I'm just joking. Yeah, sorry, for over 18s. Yeah, yeah. I, I always click on the video, not for kids. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say the strangest. It is kind of strange, but I, I found myself on uh, the David Attenborough ship, watching McBoat face while it was being built. I was on. I was on on the ship. Uh, oh, that's walking around the ship. Oh, so yeah. were, you, were you shooting on that ship? Or were you, oh, right. uh, yeah, we were shooting for the firm that builds the ship. All oh, right, okay, okay. So a promo. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. very nice. All right, and then your longest shoot. It's got to be like the event days, like um, shooting seminars all days. Uh, I don't know exactly which ones, but the pharmaceutical ones go on quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> literally, actually, they will be the longest ones. Like We've been fortunate enough to go to different countries with these, and it kind of balances it out. But we've literally been in shoots from 8 o'clock in the morning to uh, they have their night, night meetings as well, don't they, these guys? So 10 o'clock at night. And then longest shoot in terms of – because that's the longest – I suppose, I suppose that's just the longest one-day shoot. Do you do long? Do you do multiple-day shoots in in certain yeah. locations? Yeah, absolutely. So we like uh, we uh, finished a project recently for a construction company uh, in Manchester um, for their new apartments and stuff. Uh, that was, I think, four or five days of shooting. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. That's, it. that's almost a, a mini film. That quite intense. And then the most dangerous shoot that you've ever done. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. I don't know if we broke like some rules of doing that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, we we have a guy called Val, uh, Val the Viking. He's our daredevil. So he, he hangs out of windows, uh, jumps off uh, buildings and all kinds of stuff with a stabilizer just to get that perfect shot. But I'm just trying to think of his of his uh, probably most dangerous thing. I, I, I don't know, probably hanging out a car window or something. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we'll move on from there. I'm not, I won't ask about your health and safety credentials hanging out car windows. Uh, so, all right, and then the last one is the one shoot that you won't forget. Uh, one shoot that I will never forget. We uh, did a shoot a couple of Christmases ago with a really young boy. Uh, I forget his age. He must have been six or eight. And he had Down syndrome. And uh, it was his first speaking role. Uh, so we were doing it, uh, it was just nice to give him that opportunity and see him happy. And it's just so nice to see his mother. And I'm sorry, I'm getting really cheesy and mushy over here. I'm pulling on the heartstrings. But um, <laughs> it was just satisfying to see that we gave him his first speaking role and uh, listening to his mother tell stories about how he kept getting rejected because of his condition uh, for certain roles and stuff. It was nice to uh, make him... Uh, Angel Gabriel was the role that he played. Oh, okay. Um, and... Uh, it was just nice to give him that role, to be honest. Oh, very nice. Oh, well, that, that's a nice one on, to, on which to finish. Uh, a sentimental, smutty <laughs> one which will pull on everyone's heart drink. So thank you very much, Nomi, for that. Uh, yeah. from, from my point of view, the, the, the key thing I take away from that, actually, which is, is, is really good and really valuable, is about communication uh, with your agencies when you're outsourcing and also clarity on why you're doing it and what you're trying to achieve from it and bringing that agency to be almost like an extension uh, of your team and if you do those sorts of things the likelihood is that you'll have success and it'll be a pleasurable working experience so on yeah. that note I thank you again for, for joining me and I uh, say thank you very much uh, for imparting your wisdom <laughs>